Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. We've been in this new series for the last three weeks called Not By My and I hope the series helped you and I've invited Steve Mawson to bring the word today. So why don't we stand to our feet and I've already heard the word at the 8.30. It's a phenomenal word So get your notepads out, get ready, be encouraged, inspired and just injected with some faith today. So come on Steve. Thank you. Thank you guys. I actually feel like it's my, my honour to get to speak to you. So thank you for that warm reception. Big welcome to everyone watching online and especially anybody that's new. If you're new to church, we just want to say our hearts are to get to know you, to thank you, build a bit of relationship with you. So come on, why don't we welcome all of our new people, both online and in the room. Great to have you with us. And I also think the last three weeks, Pastor John has preached three absolute cracking messages. So come on, let's thank him for building our faith. Now you're ready for the word this morning. You know, I've learned this, the level of your expectation often determines the level of impartation. So are you ready for the word this morning? title of the message is this, bones, bodies, breath. We're going to read from Ezekiel 37, which some of you will know, but come on, why don't we open our hearts? Let's pray together. Jesus, this is your word and it's powerful and it's living and it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And we ask that it would pierce the divisions in our hearts between soul and spirit, joint and marrow, that your word would be a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our hearts. Speak to us, Lord. We need you. We can't live this life without you. And so we focus on everything you want to say to us. In Jesus' name, and everyone that had a bit of expectation said, Amen. Amen. Now, here's what we've started to do in our church. We've stood for the reading of the word. And by the way, David Gary, I believe it's your 64th birthday today. Is that right? So happy birthday, Dave. We love you. But we stand for the word. So I'm going to read a few verses. Are you ready? Ezekiel 37. It says, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. Wow. And he set me down in the midst of a beautiful mountain, of an emerald beach with pristine palm trees. He set me down in a golf course. He says he set me down in a valley and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold, there were very many in the open valley and they were 
dry. So you take your seats. We're going to explore this valley. We're going to have a picture of the valley of dry bones. Now in the ancient world, the way your bones were treated was highly significant. For your bones to be unburied and left in the open in a valley where wild animals could eat away at your flesh was to be treated with utter contempt and shame. And of course, Ezekiel was a Jewish boy and Jewish boys didn't touch dead things. So God is taking Ezekiel back to this valley and it's filled with dry bones. And those bones in that valley represented Jerusalem. Now let me just give you the backstory to the book of Ezekiel. You'll have the dates on the screen. Jerusalem was the city where Ezekiel was born and raised. He was born in 622 BC. That's before Christ. The Jerusalem Ezekiel grew, grew up in was a beautiful city dominated by the magnificent temple that Solomon built and then the king's palace where the kings lived. But in the year 597 BC when Ezekiel was only 25 years of age, he was taken captive by the Babylonians. He was marched a thousand miles through hot desert to modern day Iraq or Babylon. Five years later, having been human trafficked, he's at the age of 30 years of age and God calls Ezekiel to be a prophet and he prophesies to his nation a thousand miles away and the things which he prophesies start to come to pass. It's amazing. And in 586, Nebuchadnezzar, after a one-year siege and starving the nation of Jerusalem, the city falls and the king is taken captive, King Zedekiah, and they put his children in front of him and they murder him. It's the last thing he'll ever see because they gouge out his eyes. That's the kind of people that the Babylonians were. They set fire to Jerusalem, to the temple, and they burn it to the ground. It's so painful, Jewish writers can't even write about what happened that day. And God takes Ezekiel back. And he sees a valley filled with dry bones. It's a scene of death and devastation and defeat and discouragement. Maybe you're here. And you're watching online and you're in your own valley. And all you can see is the dry bones. Maybe your marriage is dry. Maybe the money's dried up and the bills are piling up. Maybe there's been a loss, a loss of a loved one, a loss of a job, a loss of your identity, a loss of relationship, and deadness eats away on the inside. Maybe you feel like those bones disconnected, single mom smiling on the outside, but on the inside, feel alone. And you're wondering, God, how can you lay your hand on me? And lift me up in the spirit one minute and the next minute place me in a valley like this. Sunday in church, I'm here, I'm dancing and singing in the spirit. Monday, anxiety floods in and I can hardly breathe. Valley of dry bones. Last week I went for a run and I listened to a message by my mate. His name is Sanger. 
There's a picture of him on the screen. I think he should be the next James Bond. He's awesome. And uh, he's a great young guy. It's his wife, Keddie. And we heard him preach over lockdown. Can you remember Sanger? He is a phenomenal preacher. Man, when he preaches in church, the place comes alive. It's bouncing. And I love him. And so this week he was teaching young preachers how to preach these kind of faith-building messages. And part two was afterwards, some young preachers sat with him on a couch and peppered him with questions. And one of the questions they said is, Sanger, how can you preach such faith-building messages when you go through difficult things in your personal life? Because how many know that's when your faith is really tested? And Sanger started to talk to these young guys, talked about how when he was a teenager, his mom died. It was so painful, he couldn't talk about it for nine years. And then... A few years, few years ago, he gave birth to a beautiful baby boy and tragically it was stillborn. And then just a couple of years later, baby Noah was born. And after three months, baby Noah died and we were at his funeral. He lost his mom and two boys. And he went on in that message, I'm running and tears are filling up in my eye because he's my mate, he's talking about this. He said, I was so broken threw away my faith and expectation. It was easier to throw away my faith rather than risk believing and being disappointed again. And some of you here, you're in that place. You don't risk believing again. You don't want to be disappointed and let down. So Ezekiel looks at that valley of dry bones, broken and burnt. God speaks to him. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? Can these dry, defeated and burnt, do you believe they can live? Imagine Ezekiel looking at it. They're dead. They're dry. It's been years since there was any life. What does Ezekiel say? How would you have responded to God? Ezekiel says, Oh Lord God, you know. Now the first time I read this, I've got to be honest, I thought, nice one Ezekiel. You have played it safe here, mate. Classic bit of theological fence sitting. Oh Lord God, you know. Then I saw something very powerful. That message that Sanger taught, he finished by telling the story. But when he was at his most broken, he gave up on his faith and expectation. And he walked into a sisterhood meeting. Now, I don't know what Sanger was doing in a sisterhood meeting. But he, he describes how he encountered God. And he said this, we cannot always explain God. But thank God. We can encounter him. We can't always explain God, but thank God we can encounter him. And he said, this is the bit that I loved. Are you ready for this? I realized that faith has an object. And the object of our faith is God. Our problem is when we place our faith in an outcome. 
The moment we do that, we misplace our faith. How many know that in life, outcomes can change? I pray for one person, they get healed. I pray for another person, they don't get healed. The outcomes may change, but our faith isn't in an outcome. Our faith is in an object, and that object is God. Malachi 3, 6, I am the Lord, I change not. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I think Ezekiel understands this. Let's look at it one more time. The Lord said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh Lord God, you know. He's saying, I don't know the outcome, but I trust that you know the outcome. So I chose to focus on knowing you and trusting you and that the outcome I can leave up to you. It's as if Ezekiel passes the test. And so again, God speaks to him in verse 4. And here's what he says. God says, prophesy to these bones. And say to them, O dry bones, hear the news every day. Hear the latest update on Facebook and Instagram. No, he said, prophesy and say to these bones, hear the word of the Lord. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. Prophesy. Speak to the bones. How do you respond? You guys online, yeah, you in the front room, how do you respond when God asks you to do the irrational, the incomprehensible, to give the outrageously sacrificial, How do we respond when God asks us to do those things? You know, for bones to become dry, it takes a long time. Some of us have been living with our bones for so long that they dried up. You got so used to living with the bones, well, this is just the way it is. Well, you've given up on believing you'll get married. gave up on believing for that business to go to the next level. You you gave up on your kids coming back to Christ. You accommodate the bones, accept the bones, develop coping mechanisms, and the bones dried up. God says to Ezekiel, son, it's time for you to speak to these bones. Because if you don't speak to these bones, those bones will never live. For those bones to come to life, they need to hear the word of the Lord. So you've got to speak to them. You know, your words are powerful. Look into the eyeballs of the person next to you and say, your words are powerful. All right, settle down. Stop staring longingly and if you just happen to be with the right person. We had our group this week. Who loves groups? They're awesome. And the girls were in one room. There's a few of us just before group started. We were in our living room and Nick Cowell was there. Nick's a very good man. 
And uh, he, was, he showed this video. It's only a really short video. It's about three or four seconds. And I'm going to show it to you because it really made me laugh. And it, it was actually about his mate who'd been doing it tough. That bit's not funny. But his mate had been doing it tough. And uh, his marriage had broken down. And, you know, he really was struggling. So he had to sell the home. And he could only, he afforded this flat right outside Carrow Road. And he moved there on purpose because he absolutely loves Norwich City Football Club. All right? So he's thinking, well, if only I can be near my beloved Norwich City. So he buys this flat, but it doesn't cheer him up because every single day something happens. All right? So there's a video. It's about four seconds long. I want you to crank up the sound. All right? So watch this video. And this is what he sees every day. Carroll Road. Going down. Going down. Do you love that? Every single day, he's wanting a bit of encouragement. He gets into the lift. He's looking at Carroll Road, and he hears a voice saying, going down. That's not very encouraging, is it? Can I suggest to you that your words are like elevators? They can either lift you up, or they can bring you down. What voices are you listening to? You know, the enemy will get in your ear every day of your life if you'll allow him. He'll say, you're going down. You're not good enough. You'll never amount to anything. These bones will never live. Words like elevators. There's a verse that I love in 1 Timothy 6.12. I've loved it for many years. It says, fight the good fight of faith. You know what, as believers, some of you are in a fight right now. You can't just allow the enemy to tell you all the time, you're going down, you're going down. Sometimes you've got to fight. Is that right, Colin? You fight the good fight of faith. You lay hold on eternal life. God didn't come to give you bios. It's a Greek word from which we get biology. That's to survive. No, he gave you a Zoe life. If you name Zoe, it means Greek life. It means eternal life, full life, everlasting life. God didn't just give you bios where you survive. He came to give you eternal life where you thrive. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were called. Listen to this. And have confessed the good confession. You know, there's a good confession and a bad confession. I love that phrase, good confession, because there's a Greek word. If you knew, the Bible was originally written, the New Testament, in the Greek language. And here's that Greek word for good confession. It's this word, homo legeo. It's actually made up of two Greek words, homo as in homogenous, it means the same. And logos, which means the word. Homo legeo, the same word. You homo legeo when you speak the same word that God speaks. You align your words with his words. Dry bones, you've got to hear the word of the Lord. It's not your words or your opinion, it's God's word. And when you homo legeo, his word in your mouth is just as powerful as his word in his mouth. How many of you are speaking a good confession? A good confession. Let's go back to Ezekiel. He's looking at these dry bones. God says, you've got to prophesy. Some of you would be nervous about that. So he says, I prophesied. Just as I'd been commanded. And that's the key. 
Just do what he tells you to do. Say what he tells you to say. Give what he tells you to give. Just do whatever he tells you to do. Homo legeo. And as I prophesied, there was a sound and a rustling. Can you imagine capturing this moment on your Insta story? You'd rack up a few followers, wouldn't you, you little tinkers? Look what happens. As Ezekiel prophesies, there's a sound and a rustling. Then it says, the bones moved and came together. I mean, wow. That's number one. The bones moved and came together. It says, I kept watching. I bet you did. I bet you didn't want to miss this one. It says, sinews formed. That's attachments. That's joints. Then it says, then, muscles. Imagine seeing biceps. Imagine seeing triceps. We'll stop there. (laughs) And then, skin stretched over them. Wow. But Then there's a lament. But they had no breath in them. Let's look at this process for just a moment of how bones become bodies. Give you five things. Number one, bones came together. If you want in your faith, you want to stop being a bone and become part of the body. If you want to grow in your faith, number one, the bones have to come together. That's why church is so important. That's why the pandemic was so devastating for so many people. We were designed not to live on our own. We were designed to be bones that come together. And on Sundays, we celebrate. We come together as a church. Number two, attachments form. On Sundays, we celebrate, but midweek, we connect. We form attachments. We get to know like-minded people that will help us and encourage. I'm so grateful. All through my Christian life, I've had attachments, men and teenagers that encourage me. I love that as a church, we're trying to do everything we can to get you connected and attached. Sammy Mooney started a, a, a new group this week. It's, it's for men. It's a men's curry group. You little ripper. I mean, already he's got 20 people. All right. Now, I'm expecting great things, men. I don't want to hear of any butter chicken or chicken makani. I want to hear of some madras and vindaloo. Come on, all the men say... All right, we've got a divided church right now. I am so sorry. Tikka masala. Bones come together, attachments form. Number three, muscles develop. Don't be surprised as a Christian when you suddenly find there's opposition. But see opposition this way. It's an opportunity, you guys online, for your muscles to develop. My wife, Rachel, was a physio for many years. For a muscle developed first, it has to be stretched and torn, but it heals back stronger. We need muscle to grow as believers. And then lastly, the skin came and covered it. What's the purpose of skin? Skin stops what's outside from getting in. Some of us need some thick skin. To stop the stuff that's going on around us, the things that are said about us. Sometimes you just got to refuse to be offended. We need thick skin to live in any community, including a church community. I mean, Ezekiel sees, I wish I was there. Imagine seeing those bones move, those 
attachments form the muscle, the skin. But it says in verse 7, the sinews formed the muscle on the bone, the skin stretched over, but they had no breath in them. Great body, but no breath. Limbs, but no life. Muscle, but no movement. The bodies were slain flat on their back. That's how some of you feel today. I wonder how many times God looks at his church and sees a body but no breath. Maybe that's you this morning, friend. The externals, the skeleton, it's all in place. But on the inside, inside there's no breath. No sense of God's presence, no. No anointing, no fire on the inside. You come to church, you do all the right things, you read the word, but there's something missing. There's one thing the enemy has done over the last 18 months. The enemy in the Bible is described as a snake or a serpent, and Snakes kill in two ways. I lived in Australia for 15 years, saw a few of them. They kill in two ways. Number one, sink in their fangs, inject poison. But the other way that a snake kills its prey is it wraps itself around you, it squeezes you, and it suffocates the breath out of you. There's one thing the COVID-19 pandemic has done. The enemy has wrapped himself around. He has squeezed and suffocated and he's taken the breath out of people physically and spiritually. There was no breath in them. Silence. So many people lying flat in quarantine wards with a ventilator over their mouth. Can't breathe can't speak, can't move. And so one more time, God speaks to Ezekiel. They're no longer bones, they're now a body, but there's no breath. And so he says to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Tell the breath, God the master says, Come from the four winds. I love that. You know, sometimes when the wind's blown, you put your sun chair out the other side of the house to protect yourself from the wind because you don't want the wind on you. God's not going to allow you to do that because the wind is going to come from all different directions because it's for all of you, from the youngest to the oldest. Whatever your skin color, whatever your background, the wind comes from every direction. Come breath. Breathe on these slain bodies. Breathe life. God says, Ezekiel, I am going to breathe on the broken, the burnt, and the bodies. Verse 10, so Ezekiel's thinking, well, I got it right the first time, so here we go, let's do it again. So I prophesied as he commanded me. There it is again, as he commanded me. And breath came into them and they lived. Imagine seeing that first breath. Then they stood up an exceedingly great army. 
What a story of transformation. Dry bones become bodies. Bodies receive breath. And the bodies become a battalion. You know what I love most about this story? God does every single part of it. You at home, listen to this. God does every single part of it. Derek Boyce, the bodies don't achieve it. They don't earn it. They don't merit it. They don't deserve it. God does it all. Zechariah 4.6 says, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit. You can't do it. Most of you right now are facing situations. Deep down in your heart, you know, I can't do this. I can't cope with it. But as you read through the book of Ezekiel, it's so powerful. The first 35 chapters, a lot of it is judgment and judgment on the nations for the stuff that they're doing, judgment on the house of Israel. But in chapter 36, something changes. It's powerful. And there's a phrase that's repeated over and over, and it's the key to the whole book of Ezekiel, if not the whole of the Old Testament. It's this phrase I will. I will. Think about Genesis 12. Seven I wills. But here in Ezekiel 36, God starts to say, I will. Now I said, I will. 4th of April, 1993. I walked down an aisle. Rachel's granddad was the minister. He said, will you, Stephen, William Morstan, take Rachel Rosaline Pimlot? Just put that in. It's not as good as Mark Nevin Hollinger, but that's another story. <laughs> will you, Stephen, William Morstan, take? And I said, I will. It was a particular type of promise because it's called a covenant promise. It's an eternal promise. So when God says to you, Suki, I will, it means something. Amen. And in Ezekiel 36, as the band come up, we see a whole stack of I wills. And I'm going to share them with you. And some of these are really going to be for you. For you as an individual, for you as a married couple, for you as a family, for you guys online, I will. So after 35 chapters of judgment and heavy condemnation, in 36 verse 9, it says this, For indeed, I am for you. Some of you walked in here and you thought God was against you. I've got good news for you. God says, I am for you and I will turn to you. He's for you. He's not against you. And if God be for us, who can be against us? That's pretty awesome. Then it says, I will sprinkle clean water on you. You shall be clean. I'll cleanse you from all your filthiness. Some of you walked in here today and you felt so dirty. You've done things wrong. You know it. And God is saying to you, I am going to cleanse you. I am going to clean you up. 
But here's what's so amazing about God. Not only does he clean you up by his spirit, he empowers you to walk free from those chains and get rid of that stuff. How do I know that? Because the very next one, he says, I will put my spirit within you and I'm going to cause you to walk in my statues. There's going to be a new level of authority and holiness in your life because it's not about what you do. It's about what God will do in you. Come on, you ought to look a bit more cheerful about that. And he says, you shall be my people and I will be your God. You guys online, I will be. I'm committed to you. This is a covenant. I'm on your side. I'm for you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. I love this. Then this is for all the business people. I will call for the grain and multiply it and bring no famine upon you. I will multiply the fruit of your trees and the increase of your fields. It's not just increase twice, it's multiplication. If you're a business owner, this is a promise that God wants to make to you. I love it. Now I think this one is for our church. I will enable you to dwell in the cities and the ruins shall be rebuilt. I said the ruins shall be rebuilt. I love this verse so much. I put the next one. The desolate land shall be tilled. Instead of lying desolate in the sight of all those who pass by. Sick of driving around that ring road and seeing desolation. Remembering the fire. That's what's been, but then it goes on, it says, this is what they're going to say. This is what people are going to say as they drive around the ring road. They will say, this land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden. In other words, as God intended it. And the wasted, desolate, and ruined cities are fortified and inhabited. And then the nations left around you shall know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruined places and planted what was desolate. They feel we're going to have those trees in there. And then listen to this. And you shall know, you shall know. You guys online shall know. You guys in this section, you shall know that I have spoken it and I will do it. Let me say that one more time. I, the Lord, have spoken it and I will. It's a covenant promise. I will do it. And I felt this was for John and Chantel. I will increase their men like a flock. Like a flock offered as holy sacrifices. Listen to this. Like the flock at Jerusalem on the feast days. When there was a feast day, the people came four times a year and they would always come with an animal. Why an animal? 
to sacrifice. The only reason the flocks were there were to be sacrificed. I believe God is saying to our senior pastors, he's going to raise up men and women. They're going to be like a flock and they're going to be willing to sacrifice. Sacrifice financially, but also sacrifice by laying our lives down to see this building built, his kingdom extended, and the voice of the church go out in our city. But it doesn't finish there. So shall the ruined cities be filled with flocks. They're going to come. People are going to flock there. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. They're not just going to flock there. They're going to find Christ there. That's a promise. And all of that is one chapter. The I wills of God. I'm for you. I will turn to you. I will sprinkle. I will enable you. All these things God is going to do. And lastly, I'm going to finish with this. Then we jump, jump in to Ezekiel 37. This is your homework. You read it through. You, you, you look at the I wills for yourself. Let me just give you a couple real quick. Verse 11. He's done this amazing miracle with the dry bones. Then one-on-one with Ezekiel, he explains it. He says, son of man, these bones, it's the house of Israel. They say, our bodies are dry. Our hope is lost. And we're cut off. See, when God says, I will, it's not just about you. It's actually about those who are lost, those who have no hope, those who are cut off from God. God is saying, my spirit is going to come upon you so you can reach them. He says, verse 14, last one, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and performed it. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet in the building? You can do it online if it's safe. I'm going to ask Rachel to come. What a miracle. From broken, burnt bones to a body. From a body to breath. From breath to a battalion that carry hope, that carry the message of the good news. There are people here and you feel dry. You feel burnt. God wants to do a work in you. I believe in this service. He wants to do something. There are some of you, you're like that body that is just lying there. You're a body, but there is no breath. God told Ezekiel to prophesy. So we're going to pray over you. We're going to prophesy. We're going to believe for the breath of God to come upon you. So here's what I'd love you to do if you feel comfortable. We're going to lift our hands. Come on, if you need the breath of God to do what you cannot do. Rachel's going to come and lead us in a prayer. We're going to receive and then we're going to worship. We're going to sing. Come on, Rachel. Come on, let's say it right from this side with our youth with our young adults from the front row, right in this middle section, on this outside section, right to the back. I want you to lift your voice and start speaking life into those things that seem to be dead. You've had the structure in place, but right now the Spirit of God is breathing life. He's saying, prophesy again, speak again, breathe fresh life into that marriage, into that business, into your very heart and body, into 
relationship with God, into your children that are coming home, into our very church. God, we recognize that our churches can have structures, but without your spirit, we are nothing. And so right now, breathe the very breath of God. Open our mouths and you'll fill it. It's not by our mind, by our power, but it's by your spirit. And we have that authority in Jesus' Clap him, why don't we really clap him? He is our champion. What a great sense of the presence of God in this room. What a difference the breath of God makes. Maybe you're here in this room or you're watching online. Maybe you've never known an encounter with God. Love that thought I shared earlier. Can't always explain God, but you can encounter Him. Friend, God wants to know you. He wants to know you. He wants to know you. You say, Steve, how do I have an encounter with God? It's really straightforward. You open your heart and you invite Him in. You don't have to be cut off, disconnected. He says, I'll come into your life and I'll live with you. And here's what He does. He, we already looked at it. He cleanses us from whatever we've done wrong, our sin. And He gives us a life where He empowers us to live the kind of life He always intended. And we can't live that life without His help. Yes, we mess up and stuff up, but He's so gracious and so kind. He cleans us again and sets us back on our way. That's the kind of God we serve. He's not judgmental. He's not condemning. He came to save you and help you and live with you. And maybe you're here and you've never had that encounter, that relationship with God. Here's the awesome news. This morning you can. You say how? You pray a prayer. We do this every week and we're going to do it in a moment. And I would love to include you from the youngest to the oldest, from the front to the back. Love to include you in that prayer. We're not going to call you forward. We're not going to embarrass you, but we would. As a big church family, we all pray together. And I'd love to include you in that prayer. Maybe you were once walking with God. But if you're honest, you, you got knocked off track. And right now you're disconnected from Him. Here's the good news. Friend, He still loves you. He still wants the best for you. No matter where you're at right now, you can reconnect with Him. and Move back into relationship by praying this prayer. So I would love to pray for people online and people in this building. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you all to close your eyes, bow your heads. In a moment, we're all going to pray this prayer. But just so I know who I'm praying for, I'm going to count to three. When I count to three in this room, if you want to be included in this prayer, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand high enough and long enough enough for me to see it, then you can pop it back down. You guys online, you'll see a button, you click that button, you let us know. You can make this decision in this moment too. So all across this room, I'm going to count to three. If you want to get right with God, then you raise your hands. We're praying for you. We love these moments. Are you ready? God loves you, friend. One, 
two, three. That's it. Lift up your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you over there. Love it. Fantastic. Isn't this awesome? We love it when people make these decisions. So come on, let's all repeat this prayer after me. Every one of us. Dear Jesus, I need you. I can't live this life without you. I ask you to come in. I ask you to cleanse me. I ask you to give me a new start. Because I want to live for you with your help and strength, with you as my Lord. I want to live your way from now on. Jesus' name. Now let me pray for everyone that prayed this prayer. Jesus, these people have taken that first step. And I pray you'd help them to take the next step and the next step. That right now you would come into their hearts. May they know that they're new, they're different from this moment on. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, why don't we congratulate those people? I love it. Now, I, I, I saw hands, but I also know some of you, you prayed it in your heart. You know what? God sees both your hand and He sees your heart. So if you prayed that prayer, either one of our team will come up to you or on the way out, you'll see team waving these Bibles. Please just go up and say, hey, I prayed that prayer. Can I have a Bible? Would you be really kind and let us take your details? Why? Because we want to connect you. We want to build those attachments. We want to see you get stronger as a believer. We won't hassle you, but we'll do everything we can to help you. And then there's another thing we do is you came into church, you probably saw that big Jesus' life wall. When people make a decision like this, we encourage you to kind of go public. How? By taking one of these light bulbs and screwing it in. And I made the decision in this church when I was 13. That's 38 years ago. So why not, if you feel comfortable, why not, you know what, say this was the day the lights went on for me. This is the day Jesus changed me. So you can do that as well. Come on, one more time. Let's congratulate all those people who made a decision. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today. And we hope to see you again soon. God bless.